trusted with the supernatural? Can God trust you? How many desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Almost all of us. How many desire to walk in the gift of the supernatural, of performing miracles, signs, and wonders? As we were told in the morning, as you, you know, when they went and the word of God, God confirmed his word by miracle, signs, and wonders. That is the scripture. The disciples, as they believed in God, as they exercised their mandate, God confirmed his word by miracle signs of wonders. How many in this generation, in our times, in this congregation desire that when you pray for the sick, you want to see the sick getting healed instantly? That when you pray, when you see a lame man walking by, you can tell him, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Can I pray for you? Even before he asks, eh? are you there? And you're asking, God, how can I walk? How can I be like those men we read about? We read about men of old who were performers of miracles, isn't it? Why is it not happening in our times? Can it still happen in our times? Is it possible? Do you believe that it is possible for you to pray for a leper and he is cleansed? I know in our times there are no lepers, but you can pray for someone with a skin disease and they are, they are made whole. Do you believe that you can raise a cripple from his wheelchair or her wheelchair? Do you believe you can go to Kenyatta National Hospital and like occupy and say, I am healing all the sick in ward, in floor seven? Yeah? Or the people that you pass by in the streets that are there begging and asking for arms, that you will be able to stand like Peter and John and say, silver and gold, have we none? But we will give you what we have. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Do you believe that it can happen with you? Do you believe that God can use you? Some of us are afraid. We are afraid. You don't want to be told, oh, now, now that I have said, I have shaken my head, the preacher may say, now lift, stand up. And then they may wait for a testimony on Sunday. <laughs> This is about you and what you desire. The Bible says, desire the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that God can use you? The world is in need of the supernatural, by the way. Isn't it? You go to Nairobi streets. Just walk, just take one street. Or just, just go and alight at railways. How many blind men will you meet? How many cripples will you see there? The world is in need of the supernatural, not just in healing, but even in provision. Yeah? Even in salvation. How many crusades are being held day in, day out, and people are not giving their lives to Jesus because there is hardness of heart in our times. And it is a miracle. It becomes such a great thing when one person gives their life to Jesus in a crusade. Whereas in old times, you would stand only in an open-air crusade and all you needed to do was sing one pambio or maybe two. And the preacher stands and scripts from one line of a scripture. And hundreds or maybe tens of people come and give their lives to Jesus. What has happened? Brethren, can God trust you with the supernatural? I want to submit to us that God is still in the business of performing miracles. He has not stopped. He is looking for a vessel that is faithful. 
He is looking for a vessel that is available. He is looking for a fat Christian. That's what we were told. Eh? Faithful, available, and teachable. Are you faithful? Are you available? Are you teachable? Are you a person that God can look at and say, I want to use Zach. I have found him faithful. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, that, and I looked for a man. I sought for a man. I sought to see if there will be a man that can stand, that can stand on behalf of the land, that can stand in the gap, and I found no one. And the Lord would say to us today, he is looking for a man who can represent him and who can, he can empower with the gift of the Holy Spirit, who can, he can entrust with his anointing, who we can entrust with his word, whose miracle signs and wonders will follow. And he still remains a man and he still remains faithful and he still remains submitted to him. Can God trust you with the supernatural? Can we read quickly in the book of Exodus chapter... Let's read chapter 4 from verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. God is still performing miracles. God is still performing miracles, brethren. We hear, we read of this story of Moses. He is there. We all know how Moses came to be in the wilderness. He was from a palace. Yeah? He grew up as a prince. He was, I mean, he was brought up as a prince, though he was an Israelite. So he had enjoyed all the benefits of being, of being in, a, in a palace, of being in a kingdom, of being a prince because they regarded him. Actually, the Bible was uh, at some point calls him the prince of Egypt. He grew up in a palace. How, what comes to your mind when you think of a prince? What comes to your mind when you think of a person that is being brought up in a palace because he was like, uh, the, uh, far, uh, uh, like the daughter, like the son of, uh, of Pharaoh. And the Bible says that when he was of age, he decided to join his people. Of course, now he had to talk about, to identify with his identity. He refused to be called a son of the Egypt and he decided to go back to his people, to his lineage and be called after them. And at some point, because he had to be sent out because of, of killing the Egyptian, he, was, he had to run away from the face of Pharaoh. And in the wilderness, he, well, he got married there by, uh, and, uh, uh, to Zipporah. And he was taking care of the sheep of his father-in-law. That, that is the story. I'm just trying to paraphrase so that I can bring us to, to this portion. And it is in one of his, of, his, uh, of his daily routines, as he was going about his daily routines of taking the sheep to graze, his flock to grace, or his uh, father's-in-law's flocks to grace, that he saw a burning bush. And the Lord said, spoke to him and told him how he wanted to send him back to Egypt so that he can go and be the deliverer of his people. God actually says, 
saying that the cry of his people had reached his ears and he wanted to go and deliver him and uh, deliver them. Today, brethren, God is looking for someone who is going to use to deliver their families. God is looking for someone who is going to use to deliver the nation. God is looking for someone who is going to use to deliver the world. In that small world that you live in, whether it is your family, whether it's your office, wherever you are, whether it even is, you are a student and it's your college, that, that is your world there. That is your nation there. That is your family there. And God is looking for someone that he can use. And you would say, maybe God had, has never called me. But I know in many times, more than once, God has tried to reach to every one of us. But we have hardened our hearts in one way or another. Or we did not think that it was the Lord speaking. It took Moses enough courage. He saw the burning bush, but he decided to, to go near it. God did not call him when he was far. When God says Moses, Moses, it was after Moses drew near. So many times, there are those instances where God has spoken, where God has revealed himself, where God, you have heard a voice speaking to you, but you did not want to draw near. The curiosity did not take you near to see that burning bush, yeah? There are those instances, so you cannot stand and say, God has never called me. Or God has, I've never heard the voice of God. It has always been there. God is always speaking. It says that we are too busy with our things, too busy with our flock, too busy with our businesses, too busy with our families, too busy with the monies that he has given us, too busy with the world around us, too busy socializing, even on the internet, too busy with so many things around us that even when he speaks, we do not hear. Like Elijah. Elijah had the Lord even, I mean, he tried, he thought that the Lord was speaking through there. There was the earthquake, yes. There was the fire, but there was also a small, still voice. God is always speaking. Even in the fire, God speaks. Even in the earthquakes, God speaks. It takes a man after God's heart to draw near and listen and go and search out. Is that bush burning? Why is it burning? Why is there fire and it's not, you know, it's not being consumed? Why is it burning and not being consumed? And Moses drew near. And that is when, after he drew near, the Lord spoke to him and told him about removing his shoes for where he was standing was a holy ground. And now this is where God now is talking to him. And he is telling him, I am sending you to, my, to, to Pharaoh that you, he may go and release because I need you to go and deliver my children from the bondage of the Pharaoh, from the bondage of the Egyptians. And it's funny how God chose Moses. He knew Moses had a taste of the kingdom. He knew Moses had a taste of the palace. And he also knew right from the word go, right from the time that Moses was born, God knew the prison and the purpose that he had over his life. So he had been preparing him to understand the culture, to understand the things of the palace, so that he will be ready, he will be seasoned, he will be able to face even Pharaoh when the right time came. Amen? And this time, God speaks to him. And, and, and Moses is doubting and questioning and asking the Lord, why? What if, they do not, what if they do not believe me? What if Pharaoh does not believe that you send me? And God tells Moses, just throw that, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? Ask your neighbor, what is in your hand? 
Not what is in your head. Not what is in your heart. Do you know why God did not ask what is in your head? I want to challenge us. Do you know the reason? Have you ever thought why God did not ask Moses what is in your head? Because God does not rely on our intelligence. When God is calling you to use you, he will be calling you to use you, not with your intelligence. He will not rely on what you know. He will not rely on your intellect. He will not rely on your strategies, your mind, your thoughts, the way you are strategic and the way you are good in planning and the way you are good in having organized thoughts. He will not rely on that. Do you know why he did not ask what is in your heart? Ask your neighbor. Now that I have given you one hint about the head, what do you think about the heart? I'm giving you one second to socialize with your neighbor and ask. Just, just, just ask out of curiosity. Eh? What, why do, what do you think? What do you think about the heart? The heart. Someone got an answer? Oh, you are also wondering. You're all wondering. <laughs> the heart has wisdom. Yeah? God is not relying on your wisdom. And God will not rely on your wisdom. He will not rely on your wisdom to send you or to trust you with the supernatural. Because then you will corrupt it with your wisdom, isn't it? You will try to twist it. You will try to put reason in it. Because these things of the supernatural don't make sense. So you will try to coin them so that they make sense. Because you're using your intellect, you're using your wisdom, and you want to communicate it to whoever, to the recipient, in a way that you think they will receive it. You don't want to deliver it as the Lord gives it. So that's why we are asking... Can the Lord trust you with the supernatural? Can the Lord trust you with the supernatural? So he asked Moses, what is in your hands? And what does Moses answer? He says, it is a, it is a rod. As simple as that. A rod. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? Oh, I only have 100 shillings between me and poverty. That 100 shillings, God can use it. What is in your hand? Oh, like my brother, I reached standard six. God can use that level of education. What is in your hand? The reason why God, why this scripture, why God used a rod, it signifies simplicity. It signifies ordinary. It was not even, it was not even, a, it was not even a, a chuma. A metal. It was just a stick. And I'm sure this stick, he just, he was using it to, shepher, to shepherd. He had just occurred it or maybe, maybe you know, uh, removed it from the, one of the branches in the trees or in the bushes there as he was shepherding his flock. Isn't it? And it was just an ordinary stick. And maybe he would, you would use it, it breaks, he replaces it with another one. 
And for him, it was really not a big deal. Even if he forgets it, he knows that he can always find another one. It is something that is easily replaceable. Ordinary things. God uses ordinary things. Tell your neighbor, God uses ordinary things. All that God wants is what is in your hand. All that God wants to use is all that you are. He, you don't need to be perfect. And by the way, do you know even after some time, when, when Moses was, was telling God, oh, I am weak, I don't know how to talk, I am a stammerer, how will I be able to speak? And God told him he is sending his brother Aaron. And together, all the miracles they performed, of course, all the miracles that were performed, it is not told that it was Aaron that performed them, isn't it? It was Moses. Though Aaron is the one who was speaking, but it was it was Moses that was performing these miracles. That's what the Bible records. But what I want to submit to us is that God never corrected uh, Moses' stammering tongue. Some of the ordinary stuff that you have in your hands, some of those weaknesses that you have, God is not interested in perfecting them, but he's interested in using them as they are. Why? Because he wants, if he perfects them, then you'll be, you will be no need of the supernatural. Yeah? He wants the ordinary to perform the supernatural, the extraordinary. He wants to use that natural to perform the supernatural so that he is glorified. He wants the weak things, that's what the Bible says, so that he can ashamed the strong things, the foolish things to ashamed the wise things. That is how our God works. He is supernatural. He is able. He is mighty. He is able to perform all these things. But he wants to use us. In other words, all that God is asking is, will you draw near to me that I may use you? Will you come nearer? Will you come nearer that you may hear my voice? Will you draw near? And he promises it's an exchange. He does not, he is not just asking you to do it and he won't do it. He says, draw near and I will draw near. You will meet at the center. So you draw near and he also draws near. And the journey becomes shorter. But you need to take that one step. All that God wants is your availability. All that God wants is you saying, Master, I am here. Send me. Send me in my weaknesses just the way I am. Just send me. Some of us are called to do things and you start saying, Oh, I am not worthy. Oh, I can't perform that. Oh, why don't you call so and so? So-and-so is a better orator than me. So-and-so has more courage than me. So-and-so is, you know, better qualified than me. When God chooses you, when your leader chooses you, it is because it is God himself calling you. But he uses your leader to assign you because God is offering you a platform. God is offering you a chance and an opportunity to use you in your weaknesses so that he may be glorified and he alone. The ordinary things. Can God trust you? Even with that stick. Now that you have identified what is in your hand. Can God trust you with the supernatural? Through that ordinary thing that is in your hand. Because again you may identify it. Yes Lord I know this is my weakness. Use me. But will you really allow the Lord to use that? You know I was reading this story and I was laughing. And because, you know, as I read that part that when, when, 
when uh, the Lord said to Moses, reach out, or before, verse 3, when the Lord told Moses, you know, uh, throw down the stick, and the stick turned into a snake, and Moses fled, and I was like, I would also run away, you know, <laughs> who would stand in the presence of a snake? And I'm imagining if those pictures we see in movies or in cinemas are worth to talk about. That rod in Akwanga, Aje, it's big, eh? It's almost like his size. So you can imagine if it turns, if it, if it turned and became a snake, how gigantic, how big that snake was, yeah? I would also flee. I, would, I think I would also run away. But God told him, take, take it back, hold it by the tail. And he held it by the tail, and it became uh, as a rod again. What does that tell us? A stick is an ordinary thing. It is not spectacular, and you can put no value in it, yeah? But God needs that person who is od an ordinary person, not extraordinary. He uses those cheap things to perform his miracles, so that he is glorified him and him alone, through and through. He will use a common, simple stick, so that he alone is glorified. So that he alone, imagine even parting the Red Sea, that stick. Who would have parted the Red Sea even with, their, with all their horses of iron, like Pharaoh? Would they have managed to part the Red Sea? But just an ordinary stick was able to part the Red Sea. That ordinary stick, by the way, at some point, it swallowed the serpents. The serpents of the magicians. You know, and I was finding it hilarious how, <laughs> I think my, my, my mind was just imaginative, was just running wild. How those magicians, after it swallowed, after the Moses serpent swallowed the serpents of the magicians. And then he took back the stick, yeah? He took back the serpent and it became a stick. So what were those magicians thinking? They would look at Moses' rod and say what? Our snakes are there, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, is, that, that is me, but that, that is the power of the supernatural. Can God trust you with the supernatural? All that God wants is you. All that God wants is you. He can use you just like you are, just the way you are. He's in the business of using people that we sometimes do not even value in life. At some point, God used a slave girl to heal Naaman, for Naaman to be healed of his leprosy, isn't it? God can use the, least, the people that, that you would least imagine. He used a slave girl. Naaman needed to be healed. He had lived all his life as a leprous man. Though he was a captain, though he was a, a captain, a big man in the armies of Syria, I think. But he was still leprous. And this maid comes and tells, and tells the, the mistress, if only my master would go to Israel, he would be healed. There is a man of God there. And he would pray for him and he would be healed. Just a small girl brought healing for a mighty man. He uses small things, the despised things, the things that you don't think are important. Those are the things, the people that God uses. God used Rahab. He used Rahab, the harlot, to help the Israelites conquer Jericho. Isn't it? Someone that maybe the Jews, 
Not maybe. Actually, the Jews would not have even looked twice in the eye because to them, that was someone who is not worth it. That was someone who is very far away from God. That is someone who is, you know, against the law of God. But God used her as a harlot as she was. She was used by God to bring victory to the Israelites. And the walls of Jericho came down because of her. People like David, David, King David, he delivered Israelites from Goliath and from the Philistines when he was just a young teenager. He did not do that when he became king. He did that when he was just a youth. How many youth are here in this congregation today? God can use you just the way you are. God does not need you to be 50 years. God will not use you when you are at your, at your 30s. God will not use you when you are at your 20s. He will use you even when you are a teenager. He will use you when you are in your 20s. He will use you. If you are hearing the word of God today, he will use you just the way you are at the age that you are in. He will use you the way you are. God also used someone like Mary. Mary, Mary was a young virgin. Someone who was not known. And God used her to bring forth our Savior and our King. Ordinary people that God uses to do the supernatural. He can still do that today. But the reason that that is not happening, even the small, the many times we are hearing, or the few times we are hearing of miracles, so and so is performing miracles. There is a man of God that is performing miracles. We hear them, and then after a season, what happens? They go down the fire. Can God trust you with the supernatural? Not for one year. Not for two years. Can God trust you with the supernatural? What is happening? That even when God trusts you, even for when you have prayed for someone with a flu and they get healed, what happens? What hinders you to progress in that area? I want to submit to us that one of the things or one of the reasons why we are not being trusted with the supernatural is pride. Pride. Yes, pride. Normally, pride is the hardest enemy to see after a great victory. You heal that person of a cold or of malaria or you go to the hospital and pray for someone and the day after the second day they are healed and they call you and tell you the, the, how the Lord, how after you laid hands on them they got healed. Or even... You know, like my brother was testifying today. You know, you pray, you go, you fight against Amuganga, and, uh, you know, in the spiritual realm, and they cannot beat you, and, you, you know, he gives his life to Jesus. Why is there not continuity in the church today of miracle signs of wonders? We want to see many witch doctors coming to the Lord, Wanyama. Amen. We want to see them coming to the Lord. We want to see them. We want to see them in this congregation coming and testifying. We want to see them. Why is it not happening in our times today? What happens is that when we do one miracle or when God trusts us with one and we do it, normally there is a spirit called pride that comes and clouds our minds and clouds our hearts and fills us with high-headedness. And we think, ah, Come and see on me, me. Were it not that I fasted and prayed, that worship service would not have been as powerful as it was. Were it not that I fasted and prayed, even that, you know, that, 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 
that, that child would not have been healed. Were it not for me, we would still be where we were. So high-headedness come. Let me give you an example. When Moses went to the, to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments in the book of uh, Exodus, let me get it so that we get it right. Exodus chapter 34, verses 29. Exodus 34, verses 29. The Bible records that Moses, when he came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand, when he came down from the mountain, he did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. While he talked with who? Who was him? While he talked with God. Many times when God uses us to perform miracles, or many times when God uses us to do something extraordinary, supernatural, there is always a glow that comes upon our lives. And it is very possible. Many times, we are usually at the edge. It is very possible for us to fall into, into the spirit of pride because we are not, we are thinking it's about us. The Bible says, let's continue. The Bible says that, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near. How many men and women of God do we know today that they carry a, such a sense, such an aura, and a, a, you know, a, a presence that makes us almost, you know, like, you know, you, you don't want to approach them. Do you know that can get into their head? Sometimes it's not them. They even don't know. They even are not aware that we find them unapproachable. But there are times when they are aware, when they are made aware. There are times when if they are not careful, it gets into their head. And now they continue exercising more dominion or more authority or commanding more fear to, their, to the people that they are leading. Far be it from this congregation. Far be it from me. Far be it from you and me. Amen. We are supposed to be men and women who, when we are coming from a point of glory, from a point of meeting with the Lord, from a point of performing extraordinary miracles, that we can still turn back to be ordinary people. Like Moses' stick, by the way. It would turn into a snake and turn back into a, into a stick. One moment it's performing the miracles, the other moment it's in his hands as a stick, just like an ordinary rod. Can God trust you with the supernatural? That after you step, that after I step out of this pulpit, I am still able to greet one, two, three people. Can God trust me with the supernatural? That I am still approachable. That you are still approachable. Even when you heal that cripple uh, on, the, on the streets, and Citizen and NTV and all the media houses are on your case, and now you start becoming famous, that you will still be able to come to this Ngong Road and walk and come and humbly sit and enjoy the presence of the Lord? Or will you start looking for bodyguards and saying, oh, now I'm a woman of God. I'm untouchable. Hey, you know? Can God trust us with the supernatural? It's a hard gospel. We all want the miracles, yes. But God is asking, can I trust you? Because he has no problem with releasing this anointing. God has no problem with anointing you. God has no problem with saying, now my daughter, from today when you step out of that door, every person that you meet on the way and is sick, you have the anointing to heal. God has no problem doing that. 
but who will you be tomorrow? I think that is what God is looking for. Will you still be a seeker of Jehovah tomorrow? Will you still be desperate for him tomorrow? Will you still be able to seek him? And the Bible says, if we continue with this scripture, you will see what they decided to do to Moses. Because when they told Moses was unaware that his face was shining. Let's continue reading. And Aaron and all, uh, then Moses called to them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him and Moses talked with them. Verse 32, I think is what I'm looking for. Afterward, the children of Israel came near and he gave them the commandments. <laughs> Let's go to verse 33. Verse 34, yes, 33, 33, 33. And Moses, and when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. Verse 44, 34. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take off the veil. Yeah? And, and um, until he came out, and he would come out and speak with the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded. When Moses would go into the presence of God, he would remove the veil. Because he, he doesn't need covering when he's in the presence of God. But when he would come out of the presence of God, because of the glory that was emitting from his face, the children of Israel could not face him. He had to put a, a veil. Brothers and sisters, God is calling on us to put on a veil of humility. That is all God. If you can master humility, if you can always tell myself, Lucy, when God uses you, always go down. Always remember it is the Lord that has enabled you. Always remember that it is God that has called you. Always remember that these are the gifts of God. They are not your gifts. They are the gifts to edify the body of Christ. So walk in humility. If I can just master that, God has no problem in trusting me with the supernatural. He can use me. But I need to master the art like Moses mastered. To know when to put on the veil. And to know when to, to remove it. You only remove it when you go into the presence of God. But every time you are in the presence of the people and you have to speak to them and interact with them, you put on the veil, the cloak of humility. It is paramount that we walk in humility. God is calling us to walk in humility. Then we can be trusted with the supernatural. Then as we go out, as he's saying, go out, these signs shall follow you. You will not be able to cast out those demons if you do not exercise. Of course you will, but if you do not have the authority, the, 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 the veil of humility, you will not be entrusted tomorrow. Do you get my point? You may be able to cast them out today, yeah? But it is just a test. It is just the Lord showing you that he has no problem giving that ability to you, giving that potential to you, giving you that, this, that spirit or that anointing to you. But tomorrow, what happens after the first miracle is what determines whether you will progress in that anointing. Did you get my point? What happens after the first miracle or after the first experience of the supernatural? Between what happens then, after, after it happens... The way you react, the way you perform, the way you behave, the way you carry yourself is what will determine whether there will be a progression. Whether there will be, you will be able to advance in the same way or in the same anointing or in the same gifting. If you don't learn the master of putting a veil over your head, then you have lost it. Then you have lost it. God has no problem. Many men and women of God have fallen from glory because 
after experiencing a great breakthrough in their lives because they lacked this art or this skill of putting on a veil over their heads. And we rise up on our feet. And I just want you to have some moment with yourself. And because God has really no problem trusting you with the supernatural, he's saying even right now, I can release. I can release the supernatural. I can release a fire. I can release. You can, you can see a burning bush even in this congregation, even right now. You can still a burning, you see a burning bush. You can still have an experience with the Lord. He can trust you with that anointing, but you need to be faithful. Are you faithful enough to revert back to the natural after you perform the supernatural? To revert back to the ordinary after you perform the extraordinary? Are you faithful to walk in the calling of God? Are you faithful? To walk in humility. Are you faithful to still seek the Lord? Are you faithful to still fast and pray? Are you faithful to still love your fellow brothers and sisters? Are you faithful to still attend church services? Are you faithful to still be counted as a member of a local congregation when the Lord trusts you with the ability, with the gifting of the supernatural? Are you, will you still be faithful? This is a personal, very personal prayer. And I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to make a commitment to the Lord. If you desire to walk, because these are not just being given to the men and women who we are used to seeing on the pulpit. The Bible says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. In other words, these last days, God is pouring out his spirit, not just on the pastors, not just on the evangelists, not just on the people in the fivefold ministries. He's pouring out his spirit on even the children. He's pouring out his spirit on the young men. He's pouring out his spirit on the sons and the daughters. He's pouring out his spirit on the old men. Even the Bible says the old men will see visions. He's pouring out his spirit on the females and on the males. No one is being left behind. He can still do it through you. He can still do it through you only if you are available. So just lift up a cry unto the Lord. If that is your cry, that God, I want to walk in the supernatural. I want to be found faithful when you come. I want to carry it to the, I want to carry it to the end until I receive my crown. Lord, I pray that today, Jesus, that today, oh God, you trust me with the supernatural. I choose to walk in humility. I choose to walk in reverence of you and of your name. I choose to honor you as you really, really are. I choose to walk in love with you. I choose to honor you because that's who you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you, Lord. We bless you this afternoon. We bless you this evening, oh God. You are still in the business of performing miracles, oh God. Lord, our hearts cry. If you are there, by the way, if you are there and that is your heart's cry, why don't you just come and cry to the Lord on this altar? Just come on the altar and cry to the Lord from this altar. This is where the gifts of the Spirit are being released. This is where, because that is a sign that you are in need of him. Just release yourself before God and tell him, Father, I will be available. I will be available. I will be accountable. I will be teachable. I will be responsible. I will follow your ways. I will follow 
follow your word. Use me. I come with my weaknesses. I come with my little education. I come with my little finances. I come with my little job. I come just the way I am. My family may be the least in our generation, but I still come just the way I, I desire to be used by you. I desire to be used by you. 